Hello, Connected Parents, and welcome to another episode of Connected Parenting. In today's episode, I want to talk about end of the school year burnout. Burnout for kids, burnout for parents, burnout for teachers. Um, it can be a really challenging time of the year. I find in my practice that May and June are really difficult months, so I thought I would dedicate a podcast to understanding what that's all about and then discussing some of the things you can do to help it be an easier time of year. Hi everyone, I'm Jennifer Colary. I'm a child and family therapist and a parenting coach and the founder of Connected Parenting. And welcome to the Connected Parenting Weekly Podcast. Join me every week and we'll tackle everything from temper tantrums to bedtime to sibling issues to teenage angst. Parenting can be so wonderful, but it can be so hard. Parents often say to me, hey, can you just come live at my house? This is the next best thing. Let's do this together. So first of all, yes, this is a thing. I definitely find in my practice every single year, May and June, June particularly can be really difficult months. So both for kids and for teenagers, you'll just see an increase in irritability and negative behaviors, more stickiness, um, you know, being really slow at routines, complaining about everything. It's like pushing a boulder uphill to try and get your kids to do anything but I also feel that it can be really difficult for parents. We're also really tired, tired of the routines, tired of getting everyone organized and homework and you know all of that and getting to programs. It can be kind of wild. The other thing that happens a lot at this time of year is there's a lot of events. There's banquets and there's you know end of the year parties and there's graduations and there are recitals and you know dance recitals and competition. There just seems to be an, a tremendous amount going on during this year at a time where people are kind of depleted energy-wise. So it can be a lot. And you also find yourself very pulled. There are numerous things that each of your children have to be committed to. And sometimes you'll find that things will be happening at the same time. And you, you literally cannot be in two places at once. You have to split up with your spouse or your partner or in-laws or whatever. So it can be a really crazy time. I think also, you know, I want to do a small shout out for teachers here. Um, you know, I come from a, a family where there's a lot of teachers in my family, and I know how exhausting being a teacher can be and how teachers, for the most part, really love their kids in their class and care so much about their learning and their development. But teachers also get so tired by this time of year and have report cards and evaluations and all kinds of things happening at the same time. And they're often in a rush to get units finished. So it can be ready for the report card. And there's a lot going on. So they're feeling overwhelmed. They're often feeling very tired. Um, our kids who are gladiators, who are really sensitive to other people's emotions and feelings can become very kind of oversensitive and prickly at this time of year. And they can be very much aware that their teacher um, may be slightly off. And because of that kind of anxiety, often they will act up or be more difficult to kind of test that relationship. It's very complicated, but that's often what gladiator kids do. Mr. So-and-so doesn't like me or Mrs. So-and-so doesn't like me, so I'm gonna be yucky. So if they're, you know, I can tell they're mad at me, I'm gonna know why. Um, so you'll, you may see some sort of separation anxiety because they're also leaving and they know they'll have a new teacher next year and it's easier for some kids to leave angry um, than it is to leave, you know, I love my teacher and I'm sad, but they may be feeling, a, you know, a whole bunch of um, 
conflicting thoughts all at the same time. Sad that the year is ending, happy that the year is ending, excited about summer, nervous about summer. Um, so there's there's really a lot that, that's going on. So the number one thing I would do say is, you know, expect your kids to have a bit of a, a rough time in June. And if you're actually ready for that and you understand the context of it, you will be able to use that to help yourself actually calm down in those situations. So there's a few things that you can do. What often happens at the end of the year is routines start going out the window. Like everyone's just done and they just you know, sort of let things slide a little bit. And as soon as you let things slide, you're gonna have a certain type of child that's gonna push back on that. They can sense that things are kind of loosening. They don't really like that things are loosening. And when kids want more limits, they don't ask for more limits. They don't say, mom, you know, Think you could be a little firmer with me it would help me be less anxious they act out they get yucky they they you know their behavior becomes more extreme pushing against those boundaries and hoping that you can actually contain them a little bit and i want to take this moment in the podcast to, to remind you of something you know, i talk about a lot but it really has to do with the brain children do not have fully formed frontal lobes they don't they won't have a frontal lobe that's actually reliable and really kind of fully up and running until 18 or 19. So what's happening is as they, so, so again, the frontal lobe's job is to, you know, take perspective, inhibit, organize, prioritize, shift attention, um, you know, sort of take a moment and, and realize the bigger picture or understand that they have to do something now so they'll feel better later. That's a very sophisticated part of brain function. And that's not up and running. We often expect our kids to be able to do that, but the truth is they don't have the hardware yet to do that. They're developing that, they're learning it. You're creating an environment for them where they're kind of understanding how important those things are, but they're really not at a stage yet where they can do that on their own. Some kids are, but they're kind of born that way. That's sort of a temperamental thing. But for most kids, that's not true. So you are actually the frontal lobe substitute for your children. So as exhausting as it is to be the frontal lobe for everybody, that is really what a, what a parent's responsibility is. Now it's the job of the child to push back on that, to freak out, why you're mean, I already did it, it's not fair. You're the only parent that makes me do that. Nobody else cares. Their job is to push back and your job is to inhibit and push down. And through that integration, through that balance, You'll have optimum behavior, especially when you're making sure that you're connected, you're empathizing and you're compassionate. So always remembering that connecting and mirroring and understanding and resonating with what the child is feeling and really hearing them and seeing them and getting them is the first part of that, followed by neutral, consistent, reliable, sensible boundaries. And those two things work together in perfect integration. So again, for a reminder, on the calm technique, the first few episodes I go over that I've also done two or three episodes like with a deep dive. I think I did one with my daughter Zoe where we kind of go through scenarios and role play and really kind of help you get that reminder on how to do that because that's always um, the most important first step of setting limits. But having said all that, tighten the limits back up. So if you were doing morning windows, for example, and I did a whole podcast on that, um, bring that back, make sure your mornings are super tight and consistent and um, predictable. 
for the last few weeks of school that can really help tighten up on bedtimes that also starts to slip when the year starts going it's lighter longer kids aren't tired bedtimes start to slip and of course with having less sleep you're going to have more behavioral issues so tighten up the bedtime there's a few things you can do as it's getting um, the days are getting longer because kids are losing that sort of signal to get tired because it's still light at their bedtime at 7.30 or 8 o'clock whenever you're putting them to bed. You know, pull the blinds, dim the lights in the house a little bit, get in your jammies, slow everything down, slow your voice down, just kind of set some signals um, for the, your child's brain that things are changing from day to night, even though it's still light outside. Um, that can really, really help. Um, but tightening up on those routines, I think really help as, as everything kind of gets pushed and, and challenged a little bit in the last few weeks of school, make sure with homework, you're doing the must do's before can do's, you know, it's easy to let that slip at the end of the year. And if you, if you want to consciously let that slip, that's fine. Just say, Hey, you know what? We're slowing down. You've learned a lot this year. You know, if you don't get your homework done, go to school and let your teacher deal with it. You'll have to deal with whatever natural consequences come with that, but we're we're not going to force homework so much at the end of the year. If you want to make that choice, that's absolutely fine. But don't kind of say you want them to do it and then don't actually um, take that on, right? If if kids get really stressed out and anxiety actually goes up when rules and and um, structure gets kind of loosey goosey, kids kids actually get more anxious when that happens. So at a time where everything in your brain is going to be telling you to sort of slow down and relax a little bit and let things go. Um, behaviors are going to ramp up. And so it's really important to bring those, those, those structural things back in for the last few weeks of school. So the other thing that happens at this time of year, we all kind of feel it is literally spring fever. You can see it in animals, you can see it in your pets, you can see it in your children, you can feel it yourself. You just want to let things go. You want to enjoy summer. You want to relax into the the weather and the sunshine. And so all of that is happening. So get your kids outside as much as you can on the weekends. If behavior is kind of getting antsy and wild, don't forget to divide and conquer. So if you're going to the zoo or if you're having a picnic or you're going to the beach or whatever you're doing, don't be afraid to kind of split up. One parent spends time with you know two of the kids over here, one spends time with the other one, then you meet back for a snack, then you switch. Like that's really okay to do that, I think that's fine. And then the final thing I think that can really help is get, really get out in nature, like get and get your kids barefoot. There's a whole science behind this, but honestly, kids love to be barefoot. And the truth is it grounds them to the earth. It, it, we feel better around nature. We feel better around water. We feel better around trees. It's particularly true for kids that have ADHD. They've been cooped up, they've been inside, really take time to go for walks, to go for bike rides, to have picnics, to get out into the trees, to have a forest walk. Um, and to have, you can have adventures when, you, when you're on your forest walk, you can imagine you're going through a portal and you're, you know, in a fantasy land and you can make that walk really special. And that can also change and alter behavior, but get outside. It's, we all want it. We all crave it, but honestly, it really is medicine for our children too. That's one of the best things that we can do for their behavior. 
So hopefully that will help as you transition into the beautiful summer months. For more information on Connected Parenting, please go to connectedparenting.com. We've got all kinds of services for you. We've got a whole team of amazing practitioners, therapists, and parenting coaches. We have our Connected Parenting Village. We've got our courses. Um, we have two, actually three versions of the courses. We have you know, just the straight online. We have our community where I interact with everyone once a month in coaching halls. And then we have a, a broader kind of package where we really have high touch services for families for a closed number of sessions as we really help you on your connected parenting journey. Um, got my books as well. Thank you so much for listening. And I'll see you next time on the next episode of Connected Parenting.